0: Well, I
1: think it's fantastic bird, that we have falcons bird, in downtown bird. Chicago. This is 720 WGN, but the guy who got dive-bombed the other day is a little uptight about it. <laughs> I'm used to getting dive-bombed by uh, red-winged blackbirds, not a falcon. This is pretty interesting. We thought we'd find out more about it. Mary Hennon is with us, the Assistant Collections Manager, birds, director of the Chicago Peregrine Program at the Chicago Field Museum. How are you today?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me. How many and of it's these? Exact, it's the exact thing you were talking about. They're doing the same thing that red-winged blackbirds are doing.
1: Yeah, they're just protecting their
0: babies. They're saying, hey, stay away from my nest. Exactly. Exactly. They've been nesting for a number of years on this particular building, but this year the female chose to nest on a, a side that has more public traffic and closer down to the um, pedestrian street level. So the, it's the proximity of people to their chicks is what kicks in this aggressiveness.
1: Right, right. And. I know the guy on TV and that was all over the media was like, I got a gash in my head. It was like a 16-inch softball. Um, Maybe she was a bit aggressive, but normally they just dive bomb you and, you know, they want you to get out of the way and stay away from their babies. So, Mary, how many of these Falcons are are nesting in downtown Chicago?
0: Well, if if you want to add in the suburbs, you can say there's around 20 nesting pairs, you know, spread throughout the city. And, and you know up into uh, you know Rockford, Evanston, Downers Grove—they're they're in the surrounding area.
1: And tell us about this bird. Tell us every—not I mean you could go on for hours, obviously, yeah, but I could.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're talking about a cliff dwelling bird um, that historically used to used cliff ledges to nest on that in a bird that was almost wiped out due to DDT. So in the from 1950s through to 1970s, you had none nesting in the state of Illinois. You actually had none in the Midwest or the eastern part of the U.S. and our North American population was down to 11%. And we, we know now the, the bad effects of DDT that had on that species and and bald eagles and and other things and it's to me it's a wonderful connection of the importance of natural history museums like the field museum where i worked our egg collection was part of the solution and or part of the means of finding the problem that led into the solution of getting the species back. But anyway, with recovery efforts, they started using the cities like a a pseudo cliff. It had ample ledges, a lot of prey, no competition for them. And this adaptability to the urban environment is what helped our population increase so much. And and we're beyond historic levels right now.
1: So I do say it right when I say it's the peregrine. Peregrine falcon? Mm -hmm. Do I say that correctly? Okay, and do they only eat live prey? So if they do, this is a great way to get rid of rats in the city, right?
0: Well, there's one problem with that in that they're aerial hunters, which means they do all their hunting in flight. So, so rats are not going to be part of it, but certainly pigeons and all our migrant um, birds—that's what they're feeding on. Bat would be the one mammal. Again, it flies. So flight, in-flight. They're the species that any little kid will tell you, what's the fastest animal in the world, and it's peregrine right. falcon. They can stoop at over uh, speeds of over 200 miles per hour when they're tucking their wings and they dive after prey. Now, that's not the same type of diving behavior that you see in defense. So they weren't going after people at that type of speed. Dancing right. and in catching prey.
1: Okay. So you said they're, quilf- they're cliff dwellers. So this is perfect. These buildings are built for birds. At least some of them are. And it's amazing mm-hmm. that we have 20 nesting couples in this Chicagoland area all the way you set out to Rockford. Do the, do the babies, I mean, I, the baby birds that I have around my house, they drop out of the nest. How do, how do the babies get out of the nest? Are they ready to fly or do they literally drop that far?
0: It's using the word flight is is pretty generous because they don't know how to do it yet. But the first flight is really just to glide down to another ledge or another building. So if they're they're up high on one of these ledges, there's a lower rooftop somewhere around the corner. Or this particular building we're talking about, it's just ledge after ledge after ledge on every floor. They can just literally sort of glide down and around the corner and, and land on there. The majority of them fledge fine. If a bird does end up on the street... Uh, a wonderful group of volunteers to call would be the Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. So the, they're a group of volunteers that every day during migration, they're checking uh, buildings for stunned window um collisions, the migrants might hit, birds hit the windows, and if they're stunned, they take them off to a rehab center. If they happen to have died, they go to the field museum. Well, the same thing, if a peregrine ends up landing in the street, it's a good group to call. They'll come pick up the falcon. We'll take it out to the wildlife rehab center, make sure it's fine. And in some cases, we could either return it to the ledge or the roof of the building we know they're in, you know, that they're nesting on, and they do it the second flight fine. And do they migrate? The young migrate out of the area for the year, but most of our adults live here year-round. They're not as tied to any particular building like they are during nesting season. So we often see them. If you're a birder and you like to bird the Montrose Harbor and the, the bird sanctuary out there, we often see peregrines there. I would encourage people out birding, too, if you're looking at peregrines, to look at their legs if you can read, if they are banded, and you could read the bands on it, those are unique to the individual. So I could learn about longevity or dispersal. For instance, the bird, the female that's causing all the chaos the last couple of days, her name is Stormy. I banded her in 2012, so I know she's 11. You know, and all that information comes from having the bands on the other thing I might add with people wanting to look at peregrines, don't go down to that building where, you know, they're being defensive. Give them their space. But we have uh, links to some webcams where we still have Young in the Nest. I, I mentioned Rockford earlier. They have a particularly beautiful nest cam up. It's hosted by Mississippi Audubon. But um, you just Google. All people have to do is Google Chicago peregrine webcam, and you'll you'll get your way to a link that shows it.
1: Oh, that is the best way. And signs are up now, so pay attention to them. You know, be aware. Um, Stormy is guarding her babies, and you're going you're gonna to get swooped if you dare go in her, her vicinity. So thank you so much, Mary. It was interesting talking to you, and um, I just love the fact that you know exactly who committed the crime the other day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no crime. No crime on my part or that's on right. her part either. That's just right. Good, that's right. Good mama. You
1: know. Absolutely. Thank you for doing what you do. All right. Thank you for having me. Mary Hennon, Assistant Collections Manager, Birds, Director of the Chicago Peregrine Program at the Chicago Field Museum. I love that she knew this bird. She banded the bird. Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. And then if you think you're going to buy a Taylor Swift ticket this weekend, look, I'm I'm right there with you. But there are some things to watch out for because the scammers are on the loose. We'll talk to Steve Burness, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau, coming up next. But what's up, Mayor?